You see, the thing about White Snake now is that there's double White Snake. And um, the reason why I say that is because you've got the kind of heritage stuff. So David Coverdale, um, and I mean, we know that he's made a recent decision that he will be uh, finishing his um, touring days, but that White Snake may continue. You know, he's he's always had a very open view of all of this. And we know that there have been many, many um, members of White Snake. And what he tends to do really well is find the kind of stuff that's, well, I've, we found this, con- this gig, we're going to release it on DVD and on CD, or we found some other stuff for this album, um, for instance, Restless Heart album recently. And we're going to, uh, not Restless Heart, that would be, well, I mean, it might be enlarged, but it might be working really well. Restless Heart. So it um, still sounded like Restless, that, didn't it? Anyway, that's been, been polished up and there have been more tracks. And, and it's it's driven me to listen to that album again. But the thing is, if you continue to do this, and Colof, the rake of red car, does that very well. But people would be saying, is that what, what we are now then? Tours, is that what you are now? Tours sort of heritage stuff which we like but but no because White Snake came roaring back first of all with Good To Be Bad in uh, 2008 I understand which I thought was phenomenal and then this is their last um, or most recent I suppose um, new music album Forevermore in 2011 and when Deep Purple podcast who I love dearly, and you should be listening to them if you are a fan of Deep Purple and Associated Acts. Mentioned that, uh, or they, they tweeted about it, I thought, I've not heard that album for ages. And I remember at the time, and I think I was speak. I think I spoke to, I've spoken to, to um, the Squire of Saltburn himself, David Coverdale, a couple of times for, for interviews. And I think one of them was for good, for good to be bad, and this one was, and then there was one for Forevermore. And I was delighted to do so because I love both albums. I think they're both excellent. I think they're both real distillations of early and later and mid-period White Snake. And I'm probably in the minority here. I usually am. But I love these two albums. So when I look at Forevermore, which just going back to it, and it is... It's just a phenomenal album. The, I suppose, shoots and seeds of this album were around the time of Good To Be Bad, when um, Doug Aldrich was playing guitar, was saying that, turns out with the Dead Daisies and a lovely fella to speak to, um, you know, he said they'd been, that, that, that album was well received and they'd been doing uh, music from there. Um, yeah, and you know, they were talking about acoustic based album but David Coverdale you know says that he, he thinks that the album embraces those elements that people wanted in Whitesnake and brought them to Whitesnake in the first place I entirely agree so you've got Doug Aldrich on here and Red Beach sharing guitars um, you've got Michael Devin on bass and Brian Tishy on drums and the album sounds it's got a modern kind of kind of backbone to it but it also has a bit of that kind of 80s treblier feel to it which I which I really like as well um 
It was produced by David Coverdell, Doug Aldrich, and Michael McIntyre, and they've done a really good uh, with uh, actually with the um, the drum engineer Michael Touchy, and it's a really good combination of modern sonic feel and late eighties sonic feel, and there is some late eighties feel to to this album, but. To start with, Steal Your Heart Away. You know, it's got such a swagger. Comes out with a really swaying, exciting, memorable riff. Bit of a gob iron wailing in the background. Dips out for the, ver- for the verse and then back in with that riff. It's really simple. The, the, the chorus is, is over quickly, but you remember it. It's, it's fantastic. And Doug Aldrich or Red Beach is solo, wiggly choppy they trade well as well which is really nicely done out of luck follows that again i have to use the word swagger because those guitars know exactly what they're doing they know it's almost if they're saying we've come across a really good riff here and we're gonna we're gonna really play the hell out of it they do the the melody though links back to older white snake sways ever so well and then you've got love will set you free which is just it's a beautifully designed US radio rock track. It's got an earworm of a chorus. It, it basically knocks on your door, comes in, looks in your fridge, gets a beer, puts the sports on, and then looks at you and says, you all right with this? Yeah, stay as long as you like. That's exactly what it is. The chorus soars, it's soulful. It's the kind of thing you could hear on any radio in the late 80s, and now you can hear on rock radio, and this should be on every rock radio station every day in my view. Easier said than done has an AOR feel to it. It links back to that big hair, big shoulder pads, not leg warmers, but dancing on a car, cavorting on a car, white snake 80s feel. And then you've got one of these days which is takes you back to a singer-songwriter, sort of organic, lilting, fun to sing along to, 70s feel really nice but it's followed by dogs in the street which is brash it's tough it's got a real melodic belt to it to it in the bridge though and then the eight and then the 80s radio rock chorus dogs in the street is just it's it brings it all together beautifully it it says that there's a late 80s feel here in the middle and then we've got a very whittling solo it's really bashing around with a big melodic belt and it's it's great, and then Fairly Well works with David Coverdale's more seasoned, grittier voice. It's an organic ballad, it's bluesy, and it works really well. One of the best tracks here, though, is My Evil Ways. You know, as he says, now I've been poor and I've been rich, but I've always been a son of a bitch. Lovely. <laughs> why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to sing along with that? It's sassy, it's saucy, there's a huge burning solo here, and a shout from, from David, and it just... It just sachets along, you know, with with a real self-belief. And they finish with the title track, which is a quiet, organic ballad. And then it explodes. Massive, brooding, bit of cashmere sound, really. A huge arena rock explosion. And that's a great way to end this album. It is a fantastic piece of work, this album. And the chart placings are pretty good, to be honest. You know, they're around the sort of 20s and the 30s feel. It's great. Did well in Sweden. But it's a really good feel. Didn't do as well in the UK as I think it should have done. It's around the 30 mark. 
and in the United States, it's around the 50 mark. But I think this is a great piece of work. And, you know, it just says, well, we may be bringing you the stuff that, that, that we had from the past and we may be touring with the current band, but we've got some great songs as well. And they have both those albums. And I'll have to have a look at Good To Be Bad as well. But this is just... It's one of my favourite Whitesnake albums. And, you know, for a real Whitesnake fan, that's saying something. But with songs of this quality and with all the periods of Whitesnake covered within them. That's why I say it. Have a listen. It's kind of been forgotten. And it really shouldn't be. I will enjoy this album forevermore. <laughs> now, if you like this podcast, do give us, uh, do give me a review and uh, and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever you go. Because I'll be doing these forevermore. <laughs> Ta-ta.